0: Preparing to record.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of To Hell with the Patriots. My name is Frank. Oh, Scott. Scott's, the- Scott's in Greece. He has he's having <laughs> connection issues, but he's here.
2: And Paul, Paul this is me. Uh, I'm here as well. We're here to say, you know, uh, down with down with the Pats. Sorry, Vin, but you know.
1: I'm not sorry, Devin. No. He's not that. I'm not that close to him. Um, Fair enough. Yes, the Buffalo Bills um, do what everyone except the people in Boston thought they would do, and I guess some of the odds makers. Uh, but they they handled the Patriots. I think "handled" is the right word. Blown out seems a bit too much. Um, but they they really sort of held them down most of the game. They win 33 to 21. Um, rookie of the Year candidate McCorkle Jones has another awesome game for the Patriots with his awesome accuracy uh, being uh, 14 of 32 for 145 yards passing and two interceptions. Um, so they sure got a future there with that kid. Uh, and uh, I, I just couldn't be happier that the Patriots were embarrassed. Um, and I don't know if we'll talk about it, but the cherry, of course, on top to me was the lady asking Bill Belichick about his New Year's resolution <laughs> in the postgame. game So delicious. So delicious. Um, So we're going to we're going to have some fun uh, laughing at the Patriots expense because there's still plenty of business left to be done for the Buffalo Bills. But, um, you know, it's New Year's Eve day and we're going to enjoy this a little bit. So, Paul, why don't you get us started to give Scott a chance to listen and then we'll he can kind of uh, come into the back end here.
2: Yeah, that's uh, what, that's, that's what you said. OK, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this was uh this was a good game. Uh, I'll will have one critiqued uh, toward the end, but this was first of all uh, on the offense, and I pointed this out on Twitter during the game. The Patriots didn't really stop the Bills a- at all, not once on offense. They they could not as be- evidenced by no punts. No punts, yeah. First time in Belichick's uh, career, as everyone knows now. They all the Patriots didn't force a turnover. It's not like they did. Bills didn't punt because they turned the ball over three times. The only time that they quote unquote stopped the Bills was on a fourth down play on the goal line where it was. A drop pass by Emmanuel Sanders. Patriots didn't do anything notable there. That was just Sanders dropping an easy touchdown. So as far as offensive performances go, this was of the ilk of what we expected coming into the season. This reminded me of, you know, how they looked last last year on Monday night in New England against the Patriots. They rolled up the score more then, but the Patriots also didn't have as, as good a defense in, in 2020 as they do this year. So for as good a defense as the Patriots have, for the Bills offense to be able to do what it did was incredible. Obviously, the Josh stands out as always. Some of the throws he made were just ridiculous. He also didn't make any dumb decisions. His only near interception was a miscommunication between him and Stefan, I think we'd, we'd, uh, Frank and I had, had, uh, you know, uh, poked at each other a little beforehand about whether the Patriots would be able to take away digs. And I think what what happened is they did double digs a lot more. Oh, that's a great thing to say, double digs. Uh, They double digs a lot more than they typically double wide receivers, but that opened things up for uh, the man you you cannot stop. You can only hope to contain Isaiah McKenzie uh, to put together simply a, a phenomenal Career day, And then as they started to have to keep an eye on McKenzie, that opened things up for digs. And we saw how well, you know, he was able to do in that scenario. So I thought offensively, this was a as good a game as could be special teams. I'll mention only because they didn't have any major gaffes, which is notable because they were down a special teams coach. So good job. I I forgot. I was going to name the special teams coach sub and I don't remember his name. So good job. Substitute special teams coach defensively. I know they were quite celebratory. Uh, this will be my one negative. They were kind of a mixed bag to me in the game. I don't want to give too much credit to them. They only had, you know, three stops all game while it was still in doubt. They had the opening three and out. They had the hide interception and they had the three and out right after Sanders fourth down drop. And those were key to get those. But every other Pats drive ended up in the end zone. Uh, you know, Harris ran for over 100 yards again. Pats went five of six on fourth down, missing just the last one of the game when the game was already pretty well decided. So, you know, the defense is going to need to figure out a better way to handle the running game, as we've talked about ad nauseum week after week. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about a disappointing playoff loss to Joe Mixon or Jonathan Taylor or, or Damian Harris. And, you know, we should be talking about a disappointing playoff loss to Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, damn it. Those are the <laughs> only people we accept a disappointing playoff loss to. So, you know, that does need to be fixed up. But they did make, uh, they did make uh, McCorkle Jones uh, ineffective. In the game, they 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 showed what they can do when when the Patriots absolutely had to pass in the last series. They they couldn't move the ball at all. They had the the interception. They really did a good job of making him look like the rookie QB that Belichick made Josh Allen look like in 2018 in New England as well. So yeah. you know, I think Jones will get better. I I, I don't know how much better. He could be uh, the guy that the the Patriots thought they had earlier this year. He could be a Sam Darnold. We'll see. Uh, but he's definitely going to play better than he did this past Sunday. All in all, though, you go into New England, you'd come off a couple of disappointing games <clears> against <throat> big teams with, with New England and Tampa Bay before rolling over a, a weak Carolina team. This was a game I felt the team really need because it had been a while since they measured up against top competition and won. I think really the the, the Chiefs was the last time, and that was months ago. So uh, overall, just yeah. really happy with this how the game played out and the result overall, of course. All right, go ahead, Scott.
1: Scott, you, we can't hear you at all. Scott, maybe you need to kind of drop off and come back on because nobody can hear a word you're saying. You are fully muted, even though you're not on mute. Um, so I will go ahead and respond to some of what you said. I mean, I think the thing to keep in mind with Jones too, they dropped a third interception. Um, They—that That was pretty great. Uh, and I think that you look at did they? Did the Patriots run all over the Bills? I don't know. I mean, like 145ish yards. Obviously, the three touchdowns all from Damian Harris, but you know they weren't able to sort of explode at will the way they kind of did um, with the uh, the. They didn't have the big explosive play like they did in the first Patriots game. And I think the thing that I really took away from it was, you know, I look at that game and I, I really realize. I think it's undoubted that the weather played a factor. Um, was probably the deciding factor in that game because I don't really know what the Patriots did well against the bills. They really didn't do very much at all well against the bills. I think you can argue that they kind of ran well, but, um, and maybe that helps with a game, maybe not against the, the Bengals, but maybe it helps with a game against the Colts, um, where, you know, if you can keep Jonathan Taylor, uh, to a more human level of running, uh, it, um, you know just a good running back uh then maybe you have to force Carson Wentz to to play football and while he's probably better than Mac Jones maybe you can still go ahead and get 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 away with one there let's try Scott again Scott could you try and give us a can you hear me i Yay! can now hear you okay here you go so we're going to step out of the way for you part of it is
0: a little delay so we'll see how this goes um i will say who would have thought that after that chiefs game that the best chance that the next team with the winning record the Bills would beat would be the Patriots, you know, in the second Patriots game, first of all, <laughs> and not only that, but it's actually there's a decent chance that it will end up being Miami was one of the teams I think that we beat after that, because technically Miami
2: might end the season with a winning record, even though they didn't have one at the time, um, Great, right. They were one in so, seven when the Bills beat them and eight and seven. Now that is insane. Yeah so
0: um weird weird season in general um also um I like the McCorkle thing I like that what if we what if we also turned him into a small alien who didn't know how to play football I feel like that would also be and he was in a branded McDonald's style movie from the 80s I feel like that would oh, also yeah. be an appropriate uh, definitely for Matt. um no <laughs> I mean I think you obviously cut <laughs> obviously hit on a lot of the things um I think I was appreci I was totally fine with the run pass balance in this game ended up being a bit pass heavy but I don't think it was or a bit Allen heavy but not 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 problematically so I mean I think that is as, as we said that is the best way this team wins is with Allen doing his best thing and then singletary sprinkled in for 12 runs and it's not it's not going to change the outcome of the game but he's able to keep them honest and kind of do enough to 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 help win obviously allen was the key to the game there's no doubt about that i think the 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 play that really i mean paul talked about allen's um some of the throws he made for me it was the fourth down run was really the critical um the critical kind of hinge of the game where the bills needed some score they needed a score. Really, they needed a touchdown. And for him to the bats had him dead to rights. They had two guys who broke off from the play action on the bootleg, and they both had shots at him. And Allen made them both miss in the backfield when it could have cost him, could have cost the Bills huge on a, on fourth downs that to McDermott's credit, we had been going for all, all day and had mostly paid off for us. Um, but you know, he trusted the players, he made them put him in the right positions. Um, and Allen was able to get it done. That was tremendous to see. It was also super good to see McKenzie play as well as he did. I don't think um, we had any right to expect that he would come out with that kind of performance. I don't say the way he's been treated, because it is obviously a winner-take-all league, and if you don't play better than the guy in front of you, then you're not going to get more reps, and you're not going to get more touches. Mm -hmm. But um, it speaks to McKenzie's professionalism and the pride in his – um, specific thing and he talked about how he had, he had even lost the return job um, after his fumble, I think against the Colts and had and had really been kind of doing a lot of soul searching about what he needed to do to help the team. Um, and then Beasley goes down with the inevitable it had to happen at the worst possible time in the most critical game, Beasley gets um, infected. Um, not that there haven't been other guys been infected, yes, but but certainly it hurts a little more when it's the when it's Pat's week, uh, especially this week. Um, but for him to step up like that was just um, it uh, just brings a little tear to my eye as uh, <laughs> as much as a millionaire being paid millions of dollars to play a football game could ever do um, that that was that was pretty close to it um, and I think the defense yeah I agree with Paul it was not it was not a spectacular day from the defense um, again uh, yes is it was it good enough to win the game yes and and the pats are not a tremendous offense. Um, so letting them score 21 points is not great, but it is also what they needed to do. Um, and they were able to kind of get a stop or two to let the bills, especially early, um, play play from ahead, which I think helps keep Allen in the right frame of mind, keeps him out of pressing, keeps the whole offense from pressing, which clearly can be for the team sometime. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously it was, I was, uh, arriving and and trying to watch snippets of it and then i watched the whole thing yesterday for 40 minutes and it was um it was it was good and i'm glad that they're it seems like they're close to on offense at least they should be peaking right about the right time right these last two three weeks of the season Hope so get healthy and this is this is hopefully the slope that gets you there and you're not on that you know uh arizona peaks probably you know week, week 8 9 10 and now they're they're trying to figure out their way through it and stuff. So, so hopefully that's the bill speaking at the right time.
1: Uh, excellent. I, I agree with so much with what Scott said. Let me have a couple final thoughts and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to three stars. Um, I, just random stuff. I mean, the, the two flip passes by Allen to me are the, the bow tie evolution of the attempted lateral in the Houston playoff game. That was like so insane. And everyone's like, we got to stop him from doing that. And I think that what I have been trying to say over this, certainly the past couple of weeks about letting Allen be Allen. And certainly this year I've talked about, you know, we want to take the bad with the good because the good can be spectacular. And to sort of, you know, get to this point where, okay, now he's playing with receivers who are accustomed to what he's going to do and are ready for it. They're beautiful plays. I mean, absolutely. And then you, to, to see Dig sort of, you know, go continue after the after the the flip catch and, and to run, that to me is that to me is the peak Allen that you're going to have for the next few years while he can still run and do those types of plays. And I only say next few years because I'm trying to be modest. I have no reason to believe he can't, you know, do that type of play for a very long time. I'm just, you know, a bit. Uh, a bit of modesty with him. Uh, the nice thing about Singletary is his, his runs were all key. I think Scott really highlighted that for us. Um, definitely at the beginning, he kind of carried a couple of people uh, with him at the time. Um, and I, and I think the difference between a blowout and not is just really one or two plays. I mean, the Jake Kumara touchdown <laughs> throw was like just about as easy a throw as you can get. And instead of, it was, it was funny, like Alan throw it almost too gingerly. Um, which was kind of ridiculous. And then last, uh, talking about Beasley and McKenzie, um, I mean they don't play exactly the same position and style, but I, you know, for a guy who almost got Wally pipped, McKenzie might be, you know, putting the knife into Beasley's Buffalo career. I fully expect Beasley to be on the field um, these games and then throughout the knock on wood playoffs. Um, but I think between him and Davis, you've made clear that, you know, you don't have to have necessarily Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders on the field that there is wide receiver depth beyond those two um and and don't get me wrong Beasley at his best is still is still amazing but you know you can do different things that suit Allen's talent level with those guys um and we'll look at that going forward and with that we should probably do three stars so we can get on to um you know we have to finish this podcast before next year and that is coming up so Scott take it away
0: yeah, mere hours away from me. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Yes, uh, if
1: if I'm sorry, before you do this, if you, since you are in the future compared to us, if something's happening, please let us know that. If you feel like we should know, like if if something is coming over the horizon from the future, please keep us surprised. Percent,
0: percent. Just looks like some really pleasant uh, clouds, just just slowly meandering towards you at a very reasonable rate of speed. Nothing to be worried about. Definitely not. Um. Okay um uh three stars will be abbreviated this week because i don't have uh like the full stats in front of me and i'm on my phone uh so there are a bunch of good players uh mostly on the bills some on the patriots more on the bills screw the patriots uh let's say micah hyde gets third star gets third star for the two picks yay micah uh mckenzie gets the second star for I think 11 catches and like 120 yards and a touchdown
1: 25 yards and a touchdown. Yep.
0: And then let's see Allen gets, gets first star, which is just a ridiculous, um, you know,
1: again, of 40, 30 of 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns passing and another 64 yards on the ground with 12 carries, many intangibles as well.
0: Yes. And no, no real, like, again, like in the quarter in the clutch quarterback performances of the season, um, you know, the bill's, Early on, I don't think would have thought that this was a game that we needed clutch Josh Allen. We really wanted after that, again, after that Kansas City win, you know, we were thinking, hey, you know, we might have the horses in the barn by the second Patriots game. Um, you know, maybe we keep Allen, you know, in in for half just to keep him live armed. But that's that's about it. Um, you know, we needed 100% of MVP Josh Allen, and we got it this game. Um, there's, there's no, there's no other way, to, uh, no other way to say it. So, um, first star and and a clutch QB performance for the season
1: for for really, really any quarterback. So yeah, hey, amen. Uh, Can since I? Scott
2: did it abbreviate. Oh, sorry, Frank. I was gonna. No, no, no go ahead.
1: Comment. You haven't talked in a while, Paul. Go ahead.
2: Right. I was just gonna note since because I, I don't think anybody's mentioned him at all. Deion Dawkins off the COVID this Saturday, planning to rest through the day. Pressed in there because of, unfortunately, what happened to like Bucker, which we'll get to in the injuries part, steps in. Pancakes Judon, plays extremely well. Josh was, he had some pressure in the game, but not the type of pressure that was in his face immediately or anything. And I just want to, for Dawkins to step in there, especially uh, coming off his second COVID case and not expecting to play. And then being the left tackle and giving Josh much more time than we've been used to having him have in recent weeks. Yes. Uh, just wanted to give him a shout out.
1: And on uh, you and I are on the same page because I wanted to briefly shout out Ryan Bates, who who yes. also stepped Excellent. in and 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 sort of made Cody Ford seem uh, expendable. I mean, Cody Ford already seemed expendable, but it seemed like there was maybe <laughs> a guy you could put in instead of him. So um, just wanted yes. to shout him out. Okay, uh, I'm gonna switch around some of sure. the topics here. I'm gonna go through the injuries as of right now. buckers on the IR. His season is done. He has an Achilles tear. Or strain i'm not sure which one i think but he's hurting um and won't be playing which obviously uh, hurts because the line has kind of been the the focal point of the team in a lot of ways um emmanuel sanders did not practice with a knee injury vernon butler did not practice with a an illness an unspecified illness which as of now is not covid um ed oliver was limited with an ankle injury uh, addison mario addison was limited with a forearm and jordan poyer was limited with a shoulder I'd expect like the limited guys will probably all play. Um, Butker and Sanders, I don't know. Um, well, well have Butker to kind we of know
2: is done. He's IR'd.
1: So. Oh, sorry. Sanders and Butler. But- Butler. Butlers. Oh, Butler. Yes. Oh, yes. sorry. I might have said Butker, um, but uh, <laughs> I meant Butler. Um, but the weird thing was because Wednesday was a walkthrough, some of them got downgraded on Thursday. So we'll
2: have to see what their status is
1: on. Really tried yeah, it there. Didn't, didn't
2: right. Taiwan Jones go from like full to out or something? Or I forgot there was no there was one it was Sanders, I think, that went from full yeah, out to Yeah, I
1: have it down. somewhere. Yeah, but they went from like a full participant and then they were like, actually he's limited or something yeah, because yeah. when you're not walking it got harder apparently to practice. Um so we will you know, obviously fans should keep an eye on that. We will be tweeting as we if we find anything interesting about um that. Um We've done three stars. We've done the injuries. Let's briefly talk about um, two more league-wide issue things. Um, first of all, the passing of John Madden, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, I mean, you can't understate his impact on football. Uh, I don't think there's a person playing football in the NFL now um, who didn't play John Madden football growing up. And that's probably been the case for about 10 years um, at least. Uh, and and just how they called the game and w- with Pat Summerall and, and um, you know, obviously a player and a Super Bowl winning coach before that, he was sort of um, um, he's just a, was a remarkable person. And I think a lot of people credit him with um, fans being more knowledgeable about how football is played and having a thirst for that. And so even he's he's almost like the Beatles, where even if you haven't listened to the Beatles Everything you do listen to has been influenced by the Beatles, and so you might not realize it, but you sort of owe a debt to the Beatles listening to any music, and i'm I'm, I'm guessing you could probably make a similar, if not the same argument for somebody like John Madden Paul. do you want to go Actually, is Paul there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you yep, hear me? You, I did see you on the top. you're good. yeah, so why don't you give okay. us your thoughts first? And Scott, if you have any uh, any thoughts on Madden go after Paul?
2: Yeah, you could know this. This man is is a, a great head coach. Head coach who never had a losing season. What I know him as most, which is an announcer who kind of set the groundwork for how all, uh, you know, color guys tend to announce games today. They they talk more than they they used to. They give a little bit more in depth analyses. The telestrators being used. He was the original telestrator guy, in terms of someone who who took that technology to its it's false. And then, of course, as you mentioned, uh, the video game franchise that will bear his name, uh, it, it will make him live on for at least, I would guess, decades more uh, until oh, they, they plant the chip in our head and then we play video games that way. So really, you can't under uh, understate, as Frank said, his impact on the sport of football, the the Beatles of football, maybe the Beach Boys of football. For those who believe the Beach Boys were more influential, I that's saw a that. another podcast. Yes. Yeah, um, but this was, uh, you know, uh, he was a legend. Rest in peace, John, and, and thanks for all he did for the sport of football.
0: I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so weird to think of him. Yeah, like through the, like in all the the ages of football, there's kind mm-hmm. of like the, I don't say the dark ages of football, but like. The, the mid-70s, you know, when he was obviously a, a, you know, a division-winning coach and won the Super Bowl, you know, that was kind of when the game was much different, a much more physical game. Certainly not the, um, you know, obviously the rule, it is still the modern era. It was not, you know, leather helmets and no forward pass. But um, it is certainly, in terms of the modern era, is, is much more of a dark age. But the ability for him to translate the knowledge that he knew then into the kind of the beginning of the the modern football kind of televised football era i mean it was still televised then but not the same way that it is now in terms of like you know four or five nights a week of football um you know and again like like the guys are saying broadening that to a a a thing to a new a new audience and then again to a new audience with with the video games i would say for everyone who doesn't know the only reason that i can get any bill's trivia right from about (laughs) in this day history from about 2000 Three to two thousand six is because those were my prime Madden playing years, and I always remember Jay the McCorner, unbeatable, could not yep. be beaten, not be stopped. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's weird to think of, of someone having that kind of an impact in all the different kind of ages of football, and that, like we were saying, like the understanding the game that when you when you build that new layer of understanding <clears throat> for the truly insane fans that are out there that allows you the league to then monetize that and sell it. And he was part of that, that generation for both the, 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 um, the, the television audience and then the video game audience, um, which was then eventually, eventually followed on, which he wasn't as much a part of was the kind of the, the analytics and the kind of, um, you know, individual player performance kind of statistics, that kind of level analysis was still kind of yet to come. But every time the NFL is able to, capitalize on this build new interest build new build new revenue streams really is what it's about that makes the the game healthier in the long term because that's what that's what keeps the game progressing and continuing to be successful and put a product on the field that's enjoyable because that's that's what we're all interested in um because you know hey take what you want obviously the bills fans are happy with that game that was a good game Sunday. i mean if you're a pats fan (laughs) obviously you're pissed, but you had three and a half solid hours of entertainment. Your team was into it all the rest. The AFC is as wide open as it's ever been. We've got a bunch of teams still in contention. We'll get to that, I'm sure, in a second. But that's all the game that they've built, and that's great product. That's great entertainment. There's no sport like it in the in the world that I'm track. So, um, enough of that.
1: Scott, before you go off of mute, do you have any thoughts on Steve Tasker not making the Hall of Fame? I know that you're probably the uh, that was era he and Madden?
0: Build- his, <laughs> I don't remember his in, uh, I'm sure he had a hot special team score but certainly not uh, a if high, a good, high been, awareness guy
2: right by the time Madden came around though wasn't he a Bill's receiver he was mainly a receiver I think he at that might point have been. I nine I, nine now nine I gotta years. look up
1: yeah okay um I mean I'm obviously frustrated um, that he's not in there but obviously I, I thought, yeah great. you go first. yeah no it's obviously he it would be great for him to be
0: in there I mean I think Special team players are, you know, they say it's the third phase of the game, but no one actually in the, again, the viewing public, as you might say, it would, would call it that. Maybe there's a day when the analytics will show that Steve Tasker was a great special team player, and that can be an empirically proven fact. Um, but I don't know when that day will come. So, may, you know, maybe the Veterans Committee will, will get around to that when their, their future supercomputers will be able to crunch those numbers. But until then, we wait, we wait some more.
1: I didn't realize that Madden Football has been around since 1988.
2: I didn't either. I was Googling. It was apparently uh, on the Apple II, following the success of Earl Weaver Baseball, and then oh it was reported to the Commodore 64 as an MS DOS port, and then eventually in 90, it was 1990, it became a Sega Genesis game.
0: for a while. It was, it was, there
1: was no screens. It was just rocks.
2: Yes, <laughs> cracked them. To-
1: Amazing, uh, Paul. Why don't, if you want to wax about Steve Tasker, go for it
2: yeah, it's it, he's he's got it. I, I've hedged on this topic in the past, but he's he should be in. It's he redefined the position. He swung a lot of games that he doesn't get get credit for. Remember the they're about to lose on a Saturday night against the Raiders. I think it might have been a Sunday night game, actually, and he blocks his pun, and j d. Williams runs it back. He forced some fumbles in key situations, and then people forget toward the end of his career. He was a wide receiver in the playoffs, put up a hundred-yard game against the Dolphins, and was just ran great routes. Uh, I think you he the position of Gunner on the football field is one that shouldn't get a lot of Hall of Fame attention, but. If it does, it's a guy who forced more fumbles at that position in NFL, anyone in NFL history, the guy who recovered more fumbles, the guy who blocked just a ton of kicks, punts, and field goals, blocked a punt in the Super Bowl that uh, made us think that they had a chance against Dallas in Super Bowl 27 at the beginning of that game. This was a person who uh, just, his impact on the games is not, you know, statistics don't do it justice, and it's a shame that we're such statistics heavy uh you know uh society because i think you get tasker in there and then matthew slater follows him in and that's all i need i just need the two guys who've had the the, the 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 guy who's had the greatest impact uh on the nfl as a special teamer in steve tasker in there and then slater just for following his example and that that's it but but those guys had who have a huge impact on the game they should be in
1: yeah i feel like Devin hester and this is not a slate against him but for a guy who's mostly known as a kick returner and truly a dynamic one mm-hmm. i mean Okay, then you really sort of have to, if you view that as valuable, then you should view the guy who stops the kick returner as valuable too. And so, you know, he redefined a position. Maybe there's some room for the Veterans Committee to do it, but certainly disappointing to not be named a finalist. Um, And he he won the fan vote. Apparently he set a record for most fan votes. And so, I don't know, but he's well-loved. There is already a campaign to donate $8.90 to a a Western New York charity, which I'm sure by tomorrow we will all be reading, has, you know, made tons and tons of money thanks to Bills fans. Um, So real good job. Breaking
2: news I wanted to jump in with. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, Sean McDermott tells WGR that Ed Oliver and Emmanuel Sanders are questionable for Sunday's game. I just wanted Ah, to get that in there since we already did our injury analysis. Everyone
1: else looks like they are in a good spot. That includes Butler and Jones, who missed Thursday's practice. That's from Joe Buscaglia. I'm reading directly from the tweet. Okay. Um, so questionable, not great, but you are getting Gabe Davis and others back, which briefly, I'm not going to go through the whole, I mean, we're actually doing well on time here, but I don't want to go through the whole thing. If you go to MNY bills on Twitter, what I have been doing, um, and this has sort of been blown up by the rule change. Uh, I've been keeping track of active bills, players who've been on the COVID list and how many games they've missed. And how long they were sort of on the list. And this is a a slice of life type of look at it. Um, I don't really know that. I, I know I started thinking about it in terms of players who are vaccinated versus players who are unvaccinated. And any meaningful distinction can't really be drawn by just looking at the bills. I'm guessing by the end of the year. Uh, somebody will have gone through and done. I'm guessing like somebody is working on this NFL wide. Um, but you know it was very frustrating to me that you know here's Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis. Um, you know going to miss the New England game and the AJ Epinesa and Cody Ford and they Ed all Lewis, uh, yeah, John Feliciano right. So like. You know, well, Cam Lewis didn't. He was put on the list on the 27th. That's right. Good point. Yeah. He actually just missed missing it, and he was only on the list for three days, which makes me wonder if he even was positive or if he was considered a close contact. Um, but obviously, in the middle of, of this week, they've changed the rules that, you know, once you test negative, you have to quarantine for five days. This is in guidance with, or, or in collaboration with the CDC's new guidance. Um, which may or may not have been influenced by the CEO of Delta. Uh, I'll let you read into that. What you will, you can look into it. But they basically said that, you know, after five days, if you're if you're testing negative, you can come out, which you know brings Beasley out a day early, AJ Epinesa comes out a day early, and and Gabe Davis and Cody Ford um, probably are available for this coming game against the uh, definitely Davis maybe ford are available for this game against the falcons solely because of this rule change because they you know davis was that five days and he would have been at least through sunday um before he was going to be available um but you know starla tulale in addition to missing the game last week for personal reasons and i hope everything's okay with him he missed three games with covid in in november Mm -hmm. and you know everybody the for the most part people are missing two two to three games and and you can sort of see the difference, you know, uh, you know, eight days, ten days, you know, it's hard to say. So anyway, I, I don't want to go through the whole thing. I've, I've tweeted it out, um, and I updated it as it happens. So if you if you follow us, MNY Bills, uh, you can keep track of it. Right now, it's just a curiosity. We'll see if anything meaning, meaningful can come come of it later. Um, but it's certainly been a frustrating year for everybody, I'm sure, in the league. Um, but it's never, you know, it, it was just doubly frustrating. Going into New England, the biggest game of the season, um, and and kind of having all that on the on the table. So that's what that is. Uh, and then playoffs. Okay, let's talk playoffs. And then we'll get to listener questions in this day and bills headlines and Atlanta. Um, so right now the Bills are the four seed. Um, by much math, they uh, can be. I think their best chance is to end up the two or the three seed. Um, The one seed is still open. Let me read that for you guys briefly. Uh, So in addition to winning both of their games, Buffalo would need Cincinnati to beat Kansas City this week, Las Vegas to beat Indiana this week, and Miami to beat Tennessee this week. I think that's hard but not impossible. And then the 18th, you'd need Cleveland to beat Cincinnati. That's a very hard ask. Houston over Tennessee, also a hard ask. Denver over Kansas city, probably the hardest ask of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would get, that would get the bills, the one seat, cause there's some balancing of, you know, needing Tennessee to lose and Kansas city to lose, but also you can't just let Cincinnati win everything because then they end up with the lead. Other interesting things are the dolphins might end up in the playoffs over the Patriots. Um, the Steelers can still win the, the North division. um, And I don't know, like there's there's just a lot of things available for the Bills right now. Let me see. NFL playoff seeding.
2: And while Frank's looking that up, I will note not only can the Steelers win the division, the last place Browns have a 13 percent chance to win the NFC North.
1: There you go. So they are not eliminated either. So uh, technically, NFC North, the NFC. Yes, that's what makes it amazing.
2: They switched conferences. (laughs) I don't know if you guys read about that. Uh, and they could, they also have a 30% chance to win the AFC North, which is, is incredible too.
1: Right now, the playoff teams would be the Colts, the Patriots and the Dolphins. And if nothing changed mm-hmm. today, the bills would be playing the Colts, uh, in Buffalo. Oh, so,
2: wonderful. What could go wrong there?
1: What could go wrong as opposed to the Patriots or Dolphins, which I think we all agree would be the better matchups. Right. Um, but on the bubble are the chargers, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns and the Broncos. If you are not
2: the Texans, Jaguars, or Jets, you are on the bubble. You're in. Yeah, you got a chance.
1: So, you know, everybody is seven and eight or better. Um, It's a tight division. Um, I think there's mathematically a chance for the Bills to miss the playoffs, but we're really not going to discuss that at this point. Um, We're just going to kind of work under the assumption that they are making the playoffs and winning the division. Um, But of the teams I've read, Colts, Patriots, Dolphins, Chargers, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Broncos, Uh, Paul, you go first, and then Scott, give me your best case and your worst case scenario, what you think will happen. Just give us some thoughts on, on, on playoffs here. And I'm excited for Scott to tell me, well, there's still two weeks, Frank, and there's so much up in the air that I really don't want to say. Uh, <laughs> That's so very, let uh, go first. Yes.
2: We've already <laughs> predicted what Scott will say. Yeah. It's a, it's a 97% chance according to New York times. So their percentages are also wrong. Cause they have some people being, oh they have a less than 1% chance, but one round by when it's actually zero, but uh, that's a story for another day. So f- to answer the question, best first round matchup, you have to look at it as one of the teams who would be kind of flailing a little bit at the end of the year. That would be, I think, the Chargers. You could hope against hope that the uh, Raiders who don't have great playoff odds sneak in because I think the Bills are a very good matchup for the, the Raiders. Uh, I think any of I think the Browns, if they can, you know, they've got a 13 percent chance, which is not nothing. Uh, to get in the playoffs uh, are a good matchup. The Ravens don't have the running game that they did since everyone is hurt. Uh, Not just their quarterbacks who can run, but also their running backs who can run uh, have been injured. I think those are good matchups. And yeah, I think those are the ones that I would say I look forward to. Uh, The ones that are scary a little bit. The Colts do intimidate me a little. I think the obviously, since they came to Buffalo and destroyed us with a running game, and, and as, as we talked about with the Patriots game, they were not great against the the run. Uh, certainly 18 carries for 100-some yards for Harris uh, in that game. And then the one that I will say I'm most afraid of is probably the Bengals uh, at this point. They They are coming on. They are a young team that has progressed quickly. Uh, at the end of the quarterback's second season. Very 2019 Bills-ish type team with what we're watching happen with Joe Burrow. I thought Tyler Boyd was maybe a little bit past his prime at this point. He's been great receiver. The whole receiving core has been good. In a, and of course, uh, what Joe Mixon's been able to do uh, as a running back has uh, his, his, his been eye-opening. Their defense is not as great. That's fine. Um, so I think the Bills have opportunities there, but this could be that could be a Tennessee style shootout where it's just teams back and forth and that's that's always a scary proposition so i'll say most afraid of uh bengals one i would want to see most i could cheat and say the broncos but they have very low odds so the teams that have a a good shot i will say the i'll say the dolphins all right scott
0: frank do you have any idea how many people in the national football league listen to this podcast do you think wow. I'm gonna give them billboard material <laughs> by calling out <laughs> Joe okay. Mixon's writing oh, it yeah. down? Right oh yeah, I the- want. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I want the Browns. They're trash. Give them extra <laughs> motivation to get them to a first-round playoff game. Are you crazy? Um, that's not why I'm gonna it. No. Um. Uh. Yeah. I think. No. I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the 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 Bengals aren't a great matchup. I think it is. Um, I think I'm. I'm. I'm still okay with us playing them, just because I feel like they are an immature kind of young team. I think next year that's a terrifying matchup, but this year I think we can still be the the big brother to the little brother. I think, obviously, like number one concern for me is the Colts. Um, obviously, with Wentz in there, you feel like you're always going to have a chance that he's going to you know throw three interceptions and do something stupid and lose them in the game. But obviously, they 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 completely dominated us and the. The formula of a tremendous offensive line and a, a a very good, very tremendous running back is is extremely concerning, um, both for its you know kind of efficiency against our defense and as, as well as keeping our offense off the field. Um, in terms of uh, best case scenarios, I think I think the Browns are kind of on the list. I think like that's also kind of a cheap shot because it's not it's not um, it's not really clear that they're gonna they're they're gonna make it in. Um, so if you want one that's really gutsy, I will say the Titans yeah. because the Titans are we banged up. Um, they are a different team, obviously without Derrick Henry. Um, and, uh, Julio Jones is done for the year, right? AJ Brown is back. Um, but that's obviously we played them at, at full strength, probably one of their best games. Um, and we still almost would have had them except for the, the, the stop on fourth down and fourth goal, but it was really an Allen QB sneak, which is normally a, a 90% play. And credit to them for stopping them. They 100% deserve to win that game, but I think it's a different outcome if we play them again. So I could see them dropping. I think the challenge is just, it's just unlikely that they will drop so far to be a wild-card team. Uh, but, but the Colts obviously are, are coming for them, and
1: um, if, if they get the division, then you could see the Giants in the first round, and I, I would not be against them. Yeah, I mean the Titans play the Dolphins which I mean the Dolphins say what you will about who they beat on this on this 7 game winning streak. Um the Titans might fit in that category now because they are a lot more one dimensional and they are scuffling. I'm kind of with Scott in this regard. Um to me it's it's the Bengals and the Colts that sort of seem to have um the 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 dynamic running game cap coupled with a very good or at least passable passing game. Um, I think the Colts maybe just have a better run game. And I really like Frank Reich as a coach. I think he's an excellent coach. And so I think that they would be up to play the Bills. That said, um, you know, as the Jacksonville game and the Chiefs game make clear, the Bills can beat or lose to anybody. It's been such a freaking weird year. Um, you know, I, of the realistic teams that you could you could see in a, in a first-round matchup, I think if the Titans slip, that's a good one. I am very okay playing with the Patriots or the Dolphins. Again, I feel like, you know, Paul is very, Paul has mentioned, like, he's like, I'm glad we got the Dolphins early. I I think the Dolphins mostly would get their ass beat by the Bills. Um, Fair um, enough. You know, the Chargers, I don't know. The Chargers are kind of weird. Like, it depends on which quarterback shows up, but I think that they're in that group too. Um, And I think this is a good year to catch the Ravens. Like, I, I don't really think the Ravens do very much. And the Steelers, I think that like the the Steelers is another game that I'm looking at and saying I, I would be very happy to play them again. I don't really take them uh, to be a serious threat to a Bills team that hopefully, knock on wood again, has a much better sense of who they are and how they play. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of good matchups for the Bills, certainly in the first round. Um, I think the Bengals, the Chiefs and the Colts are the three teams that really sort of, You know, make me pause. They're the teams that I think that the Bills would have a hard time beating. But that's also why we're here, to play the good teams, you know, once we get there. Um, So let's go ahead to this day in Bill's headlines. And then we will move on to the Atlanta preview, which should take all of six seconds. And uh, then we will wish everyone a happy new year. But uh, Paul, would you mind getting us ready for the best segment in, in Bill's football podcasting?
2: I, I would be pleased to. I will quickly address our one listener question as well, just to make sure we don't uh, skip that, which was David Lear asking if we live in a Beasley or McKenzie world. Is it a world of abundance and it doesn't matter? Is it best to just use both? Uh, and same question for the whole Sanders or Davis scenario. Uh, good questions. I will quickly answer that I think it is best to use Both Beasley is not a guy or McKenzie is not a guy who gets the separation that Beasley does. I do think it's a wake up call for Beasley that he's replaceable and he sure as shit better step up his game if he does not want to lose his job to McKenzie this year. And he certainly is in danger of losing it next year because McKenzie is a different dynamic. Um, But I don't want to go all in on McKenzie now because it could just be a matter of they don't have a ton of film on him and know what he can do yet. And that will start to happen. I would like to see Davis in over Sanders a lot more. I just think at this point in his career, Sanders is now, he's what, 34, 33? It's, yeah. He's at that age where a wide receiver it just drops off. Andre Reid was pretty much useless by 34, and he's a Hall of Fame receiver. <laughs> Tim Brown, largely useless by 34. So it's just very difficult at that point. We've seen Davis emerge, so I'm fine with Sanders being that guy off the bench role and Davis being in his old spot. I, I agree completely with all of that. Yeah. I have not yet. All right, great. Now on to this day in Bill's headlines. Thank you, David, for the question. So it is New Year's Eve, gentlemen. Happy almost New Year's, uh, December 31st. We will start, normally we start with kind of a warm-up one. This one might be a little tougher to start with. We'll test your memories of what was going on uh, last New Year's Eve. So 2020, report wide receiver blank visiting the Buffalo Bills. The Bills could be looking for help the wide receiver position due to a leg injury that wide receiver Cole Beasley suffered, as well as John Brown being placed on the reserve COVID-19 list following his activation off IR. Blank was released by the Texans in late November in what was deemed a mutual parting as his role diminished to the point where he played just four snaps in his final game.
1: Is that Andre Johnson? Kenny Still. Kenny, oh, Kenny Stills. Stills. That's, right, we, that's right. That's right.
2: He ended up on the Bills practice squad. He was actually on the roster for the AFC title game that wasn't active for that game. So briefly a Bill, Kenny Stills. Good job, Scott. All right. 2019, Blank cashes in against Jets with two sack performance. With just three healthy defensive ends, Blank expected to get a fair amount of work for the Buffalo Bills. He made the most of it. Blank start against the Jets and finished with a pair of sacks and a 13-6 loss at New Era Field. His contract has more than 1.6 million in available incentives each season and reaching five sacks. Kicked in one of those bonuses.
0: Oh, this is Trent Murphy.
2: Trent Murphy. Oh my All right. good job. I'm just gonna keep rolling. I don't want to ruin Scott's momentum here. All right. 2018. Dolphins blank. Ejected after hit on Bills, Josh Allen leads to scuffle. There were some ejections in the third quarter of this game when Allen took a late hit from Miami linebacker and former Bill blank blanks hit sparked a scuffle, which led to the ejections of Bills tackle Jordan Mills and defensive end Robert Quinn and blank for Miami.
1: Former Bills. How about Reggie Ragland?
2: Oh, no, good guess. He was a former Bills linebacker who went to Miami, although I think he probably was actually. Yeah, he hadn't been to Miami yet. Yeah, OK. Uh, it's not loss. It's not Shaq Lawson, right? Not Shaq Lawson. Nope. He didn't he go to still Miami. Bill, yep. No, he did eventually. But yeah, not in 2018. So this was a bill for me. You
1: guys keep guessing. I have to do something really quick. All right.
2: Um, I, I want us.
0: And it's not like it's definitely not Brian Cox, Jr., right? Because I know right. he was a
2: and then yeah, he still is a bill. I think Brian Cox. I think he's on injured reserve right now. So uh, as for Brian practice Cox Jr., I think uh, this one. I don't want to give too big a hint because this is one you'll definitely be pissed if I give too many, and you're like, Jordan I didn't Phillip? get that. Uh, let's see. Did you say something, Scott? Sorry. Jordan Phillips. Nope, nope. That's a really good guess, though. All right. Uh, think really hyped bills from the 2013-ish era.
0: Oh, uh, so this is after Mabin, mm-hmm. but who is the guy after Mabin? Who is the next big thing? And then it
2: didn't. One, cool. one could uh, say he is legendary. Oh, Kiko. Kiko. Kiko, yes. Kiko Alonzo is the correct right. answer on this one. Yeah. All right. We will move on now to, to 2016. Um, this is just savage. So I will read this whole quote. Uh, Bart Scott calls out Bill's blank. Uh, We can't put the playbook in crayon. Uh, (laughs) It gets worse. On the DA show, NFL analyst Bart Scott said, that might sum up the whole thing because that's the guy who gave $100 million. Instead of reading his playbook, he was too busy lighting up. Are you serious? First of all, I've been in Rex Ryan's system my entire career. 11 years I've been in the system. As a defensive lineman, you only have like four or five fronts. Man, if you can't remember five fronts, I don't know what to tell you, bro. We can't put the playbook in crayon.
0: (laughs) Um, Hmm. Pretty brutal. So this was someone who who probably fared well in the cold front mm -hmm. under uh, the previous
2: coordinator Schwartz, right? Yeah, it would have been Schwartz before Ryan. And he did very well under Schwartz, and he was rewarded with a large, large deal
0: um So and not not Mario because he came with the big deal.
2: Right, he came in 2012. So and not Hughes. Right. Yeah, not he had not cashed in yet. Yeah. And so it's one of the
0: tackles. Yep. It's oh man, this is getting it's not so
2: oh is it um Marcel Darius? Marcel Darius, very good, Scott. You're doing man, this is like uh. This is like one of those uh, tag team matchups in pro wrestling where one guy is injured on the outside, which is Frank right now. He's not around. And you're having to to try and do this and you're fending, fending them off and you are holding your own. Uh, before, before You're going to get eventually overwhelmed as we get down the list here. Uh, so uh, 2014, we have no quizzes from them. but There are two headlines I wanted to point out. Uh, Buffalo Bills signed former Kansas basketball player Chris Manhurts is tight end. Uh, he did not make the Bills, but spent four seasons with the Panthers and is now with the Jags. He actually caught a pass against the Bills in their victory over the Jag and their victory over Buffalo earlier this year. Uh, he is the first NFL player from my alma mater, Kennesaw College, since 1949. So, not counting Mike Panapinto, who played a game during the strike year in '87. Um, so, th- good, Chris. Uh, your NFL journey started today. I enjoyed watching you play basketball, Kennesaw, when I used to go to games. Uh, the other headline. Uh, This is enjoyable. Time for Bills and Marone to look ahead. Uh, Marone would quit within hours of this headline. I just wanted to point that out. New Year's Eve, all the headlines talking about, is he pitching for more power? Uh, They need to look ahead. And he's like, yeah, goodbye. So, yeah. All right. So back to the quizzes. We're going to go back now to 2007. A bit of a gap here. Blank steps down, believes Bills headed in right direction. Turns out Blank's job was to restore order in Buffalo. It'll be on someone else to turn the Bills into a playoff contender. On Monday, he stepped down after two years as the team's general manager. Uh,
0: is it? I want. Why, why am I saying Marv Levy?
2: You just, are, because you're correct, because you you have the right answer. That's why you're saying Marv Levy. So yeah, excellent yeah, I, job. I, I,
0: I, it, we went there immediately, and then I was like, "Did he? was he really the general manager for two years in 2000?
2: He was. I so I, sorry. That actually happened. That is okay, uh, Frank, because Scott has killed it, just oh, killed it. Yeah, I usually hold him back. Was Doug Marone an answer? He was not, but he was discussed in the uh, non-quiz headline, time okay. for Bills and Marone to look ahead. And, that yeah, was and, and the, Scott, the, within the hours of that headline, of he was gone. <laughs> yes.
1: Right. Okay. It, so it, sorry, it, I had it, to was, negotiate with uh, a guy who's repairing my wife's car, and he, I was like, I'm like, can you talk faster? I'm in the middle of a segment. And <laughs> he's <laughs> like, yes, if you let me charge you more, I will, I will talk faster. He's like, oh, you need these, and I'm like, the fuck I do, the fuck you, <laughs> sir. And anyway, it's getting all repaired now.
2: Oh, yeah. all right, okay. Well, you get to jump in on 2006 here, Frank. We'll put some pressure on you on this, since I, I say it was like a, a tag team match where the guy's injured on the outside. And the other okay. guys to carry the match for a while. So now you've, you're, you're the hot tag. All right. 2006. Blank's play proves his career has legs. Blank has made 23 of 25 field goal attempts this season, tied with New Orleans' John Carney for the third best field goal percentage in the league. Uh, barring a disintegration against Baltimore, Blank will have made more than 80% of his field goal attempts for three consecutive seasons. He made the okay. last five field goals he attempted from 50 yards or more. 2006. Yep. 2006 Bills Is kicker. This Ryan Lindell. It is Ryan Lindell. There we go. Scott gets a nice break on this one. All right,
1: get charged up, Scott. We got to do our finish. Yep. Right.
2: Here we go. We got three to go or four to go. You're gonna you're gonna plow through these. 2002. Bill's Blank feels he won't return. Blank is scheduled to be the third highest player on the team in 2003 with a base salary of 3.5 million and a salary cap figure of 4.8 million. Only Eric Moulds and Drew Bledsoe will count more against the cap than blank. By cutting blank, they would eat $1.3 million of his bonus he still owed, but would save $3.5 million in base. Uh, this player says, you heard a lot about me not being willing to help out on the salary cap. I was willing to give back $2 million. That wasn't enough in their eyes. Everyone put out that my agent wouldn't talk with the Bills, but they weren't willing to negotiate long term. I wear my emotions on my coat sleeve, and it's been tough. His eyes welling with tears. You really never know this business, what's going to happen, but certainly you can see the writing on the wall. This is a 1996 Round 7 pick by the Bills out of Michigan, who is an offensive skill player position.
1: This wouldn't skill be position. the man without peer, Peerless Price. It would not.
2: I think he was yeah, Tennessee, if I remember.
1: Came, yeah, he came from Tennessee. Um,
2: this guy um, was a quarterback at Michigan for two seasons before switching positions. Tom I wish I will note. in the, What's that? Tom Brady. <laughs> <a> <laughs> I was going to show it's not racist in this case because this is a white guy. Uh, So this is a guy you can ask to switch positions and uh, you won't get attacked for it. Uh, So let's see. Played for the Bills from 96 to 02.
1: Skill position, 96 to
2: 02. Um, Okay. Uh, Tight end. Is that a skill position? Tight end is a thing. Maybe Scott wants to throw a corner route to this guy. Jay Reimersma? Jay (laughs) Reimersma. Really? Very good. Yep. Oh man, yeah. I would playing the same version for a couple
0: of
1: years. How about <laughs> how about those uh, how about those awful salary cap numbers there for yeah. Dreamers? Uh, sorry, Jay, can't make it happen
0: for for two and a half million. Sorry, bud.
1: Yeah. I I I don't know what he's doing today, like 15 years later, but I think I would sign him for that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 most definitely. <laughs> Like today, like whatever he's doing now, like, yeah, you could be, you could make two and a half million for the bills. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd probably put up the same numbers as Tommy Sweeney. All right. Uh, 2001. This is a tougher one, but a doable one. Blank runs up Thomas-like numbers. Uh, The Buffalo Bills grounded the Jets' division title hopes on Sunday as Blank followed up last week's 130-yard performance in Atlanta with his second consecutive 100-yard performance rushing for 107 yards. With his second solid performance in place of the injured Travis Henry, Blank becomes the first Bills back since Thurman Thomas in 1995 to rush for back-to-back 100-yard games.
1: Antoine Smith.
2: That is a great guess. Uh, I will note he actually led the Bills in rushing 2000 by a couple hundred yards over Antron Smith.
1: Sam so Morris.
2: Sammy Morris is a great guess. You have two more backs from this era who could be the answer. Let's hope one <laughs> of them is in your brain. I will give you Does the back a, who it's a, not. Which was Jonathan Linton. He was also in the mix then of the Bills running back by committee approach. And it's not it's not a fullback, right? It is not a fullback. This is a not a Larry Centers guy. This is a round three pick by the Bills in nineteen ninety-nine out of Tennessee. Three years with the Bills and four the Lions. He led the Bills in Russian in two thousand. He led the Lions in Russian in two thousand three.
0: Um
1: why is the is it Greg no, Greg Bell was like way old. Never mind. Yeah. Um it
0: there was not a bell that Henry was from Tennessee,
2: too. Right. Travis Henry was from Tennessee, and he was he was subbing for Henry this, this the last two weeks. He's subbing for Henry two straight weeks and had 100 yard games both weeks. And then he I really think you just might kind have to
1: of. Get, I think you might have to give us this one. Yeah, no. let's
2: get it. Yeah, this will be a tough one. The answer is Sean Bryson. Bryson. Yep. Bryson. So, so if I ever ask you the question.
1: Sean Bryson.
2: That's right. right. If I ever ask a question about late 90s, early 2000 backs, just go Linton, Bryson, Morris. You're going to hit on one of those. So. All right. LLP. 1996, Blank retires without a ring. This is a New York Times headline. Buffalo Bills Blank retired yesterday after an 11-year career that included four straight Super Bowls. Blank considered the best at his position in Bills history. Became the first to retire out of the eight remaining Bills who appeared in all four Super Bowls. Who leaves the game without winning one. 85. So Andre Reed. No, good guess. Reed stayed a couple more years. I think his Reed was through '99. Okay. Uh, so not that. Not Tasker. This it's guy not says Smith. not Smith. He's he played through the end of the 90s. Is Kelly Kent Kelly? Mm. Kelly retired exactly one month later. So okay, Kelly yeah. retired the same year. And funny, Kelly joined the Bills in 86, played with them through 96, the same as this player. Um, He is he should be. He's on the wall of fame. He should, yeah. in my mind, serve for the hall of fame. What's that, Scott? Kent Hall. Kent Hall. Very there good. There you go. Uh he said, I said close this chapter in my life it's been a great ride for me uh so rest in peace Ken Hall all right last one guys tougher one but a gettable one uh 1990 blank provides a bills a big scare as second quarter knee injury has team holding breath the buffalo bills received a scare during Sunday's game against Washington when defensive end blank limped off field with a knee injury blank suffered a pinched cartilage in his left knee late in the second quarter but although he didn't return to action, is expected to play in the January 12th or 13th playoff game. Uh, Mark Pike, also rest in peace, finished the game in blanks place at left end. So uh, this player, I will give a hint. It's not Bruce. He was it's known right for end. his yeah. right, right end, Bruce Smith. Uh, this guy is known for his just absolutely huge, he did play in the playoffs. He had a huge hit uh, on Jeff Hostetler in that year's Super Bowl, where he just essentially plowed into him and then la- a hit that would be Thirty yards in penalties if he made that hit today, but it was brilliant to watch. It was on all the highlight reels. Uh, five seasons with the Bills and one with the Eagles. He was replaced by Phil Hansen after the '91 season. Uh that's good to be fine. Served as a member of the Hines County Sheriff's Department, so doing well in his post-playing career. Mm.
1: Also, yeah, I was an, to say uh, Phil Hansen, but that's
2: that's wrong. Last name <laughs> is an aquatic marine animal. I guess aquatic and marine is a redundant a little bit
1: that's okay um
2: wasn't steve, uh, what was that scott steve dolphin steve dolphin, steve dolphin. it was also not Dave. uh it was not well, you built- said mark
1: what's annoying is you said mark pike re- replaced him right so, so pike would have been
2: an aquatic animal right Wow, I didn't realize the Bills had so many aquatic animals on their defensive ends. Oh, oh, oh uh, Leon Seals. Leon Seals, all right. Yes. Always the aquatic animal hint. Pike and seals. Oh, that was that was great. Guys, you Lord. you came through today. You got brysoned a bit in two thousand and one, but this was a near perfect uh, this day in Bills headlines. Well done and and happy New Year's Eve. Bills are favored by fourteen against Atlanta. They
1: have Matt Ryan. They have Cordell Patterson, who used to be a wide receiver, but now he's a running back, and they have Kyle Pitts, who's pretty awesome. Um, but that's about it. And the Bills are favored by 14. It's at home. The Falcons, I think, are technically still playing for something. I think they yeah, could.
2: they're they're the playoff hunt according to the New York oh. Times. NFL yeah. standings. They are at two uh, percent odds to maybe make the not. playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe not.
1: They're seven and that's eight. Maybe. Sell hope. They, if they win this
0: game. And they see what happens. I mean, that's the problem. They have not given up yet.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, so and who knows, maybe maybe you don't maybe you want them like still playing the way they've been playing all year since, you know, they haven't, you know, they they are like a negative. They're seven and eight, but like their point differential is is negative one hundred and twenty two. So I think that they've obviously won a lot of squeakers against teams and then gotten the shit their shit rocked. Against probably the better teams. That's the way I. It's the
2: exact opposite of the Bills' approach. Beat the crap out of a ton of teams and then lose every close game you can. Right. So I mean,
1: the Bills appear to be clicking on all cylinders. They've got plenty of healthy people. I I think let's put aside the caveat that anything can happen because we've seen it happen. Um, But you know, my instinct are the Bills are here and they're gonna they're they're gonna be focused and they're gonna wipe the floor with the Falcons. I wouldn't be surprised if they struggled a little. Um, covering Kyle Pitts uh, in the middle of the field. You know, there could be some run defense issues. I, I mean, Patterson's not having a terrible year as a running back, but he's certainly not the litany of great running backs that have been coming up for the last few weeks against them. I think the Bills will win handily. I think this is a, well, you know what? They, I saw the highlights of the 41-14 game from 1996 or 1998 the other day. So why don't I say 31-14? And All Scott, right. you haven't talked in a while. Go for it.
0: Yes, I will say I am. I am a little. I'm a little skittish about this game. If you had to pick a game to worry about, presumably this is the one. Obviously between
1: with a, this and the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's. I mean,
0: that's not <laughs> a lot, but 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 I say it, I shall. And I think <clears throat> I think Patterson is the exact type of wrong running back for this team to play because he is a guy who, if you give him a crease, he can take it seventy yards to the house, a la Jonathan Taylor and some of the other guys who, who have broken us this year, I don't think they're going to win. I don't like 14 points. That seems a little stupid. So yeah. I will say something on the order of 37-24. Um,
1: so, uh, you know, just... Just in the cover.
0: Point line. Um, but I do think the Falcons cover. I think the Bills should should be well enough and 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 clicking well enough to score enough points to outscore them. But I do. I, it is not a particularly good matchup, but I think we're still going to come out ahead. I could see. I could see it being a seven-point game too. Um, but yeah. I, I just the, the Falcons can hang with us for four.
1: Minutes, I do. So. I do. Just want to point out that you you scoffed at a fourteen-point um, thing and then picked a thirteen-point win. I just. I Yes, feel like... I know.
0: I'm <laughs> what I did. I'm aware of what I did. I counted the points. All I, right, yes. Paul. No, All right. Zach, you should not, because the Bills would have to win by fifteen. Games. Which means they win by more than two scores, which to me is is pushing it.
2: So, okay, okay, I'm just okay, no problem. All Jeff. right, I'll I'll give. We're all all of our scores are in the same range. I am with. Uh, I'll, I'll combine your opinions. I'm more with Frank on this, but I do agree with Scott's point. Patterson's a tough type of running back. Pitts is a guy over the middle that could cause problems, but I'm looking at a defense that uh, not that long ago uh, against the Patriots on Monday Night Football let Mac Jones go 22 for 26. Uh, it, and they didn't have any running game that day, the Patriots, and it was Mac Jones that carved them up. If Mac Jones can carve them up, Josh Allen can carve them up. I'm not going to overanalyze it too much beyond that. I will say Bills 35 to 17 in that they cover this spread.
1: Well, if you'd like to let us know, MNY Bills on Twitter, you can look for us, Buffalo Bills, maybe next year, anywhere. Podcasts are given away for free. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we're not going to do this till next year, guys. We're done for the year. So right. thanks so much. My name is Frank and Scott and Paul uh, Scott. <laughs> Yeah there you we know go. What it is you're you're saying it too fast after you come off of mute so it's all right Happy New Year everyone Thank-